Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman, along with Randy Conan. Private property rights and eminent domain dominate the discussion at the South Dakota Farmers Union Convention. State President Doug Somke says these issues go beyond the concern over pipelines. We're okay with eminent domain with uh, with uh, public use, you know, for things like uh, power lines and and uh, anything that you, is uh, com- a commodity worth using amongst the people. I mean, building new hospitals, building new highways, that kind of thing. But uh, when it comes to just private gain, such as what the, the pipeline is uh, attempting to do, um, that could be lead into some major problems, especially as we start talking about uh, solar farms and things like that. At the federal level, Somke is disappointed in the farm bill process. It's great that they you know, still have the same one for the next year, but uh, we really spent a lot of time advocating for some new changes and some and some new approaches to, to modern agriculture. And uh, now that's going to be off or not. We're going to have to you know, restart that engine and, and start addressing it all over again and, and uh, you know, finding ways to be more responsible to the taxpayers uh, for the subsidies that we, are, we do see in the, in the farm bill. Um, and how do we help younger farmers um, be more equity, equity building, I guess you'd say, uh, so that they can compete with the, the established farmers. South Dakota State Veterinarian Dr. Beth Thompson addressed numerous animal health issues during her address before the South Dakota Farmers Union Convention. Thompson said highly pathogenic avian influenza will continue to be an issue. I would argue, and, and I've, we've had these discussions with uh, USDA Veterinary Services, that this is actually endemic at this point. It is, it's, it's established itself in the migratory waterfowl. We've, we're seeing it throughout the year uh, across the United States. Thompson said federal and state governments have a role in dealing with foreign animal disease, including avian influenza. On an infected site, it is the, the federal government that has the pocketbook. So a farmer is going to get paid indemnity for the birds and they're going to get paid for cleaning and disinfection of the property. Um, The state has nothing to do with that piece of it. We are there to help out depopulation. We're there to help out with the composting. We're there to more the boots on the ground for an infected site. More of that local contact, I guess, more than anything. South Dakota Farmers Union Convention wraps up tonight in Huron. American Crystal Sugar Company stock continues to trade at record levels. Yeah, the, definitely with the payment that came out, uh, the price has really surged. Uh, last sale was fifty-eight fifty per share, which is an all-time record. And the volume's actually been higher than normal for this time of year. Red River Land Company President Chris Griffin says farmland values are also holding up. Well, the land values, especially in the valley, I think even influenced by the beet payment, uh, have been extremely strong. There's been some very high sales. Uh, things are maybe a little spottier when you get out of the valley. Still strong, but uh, one sale might be real strong and the next one not as not as much. 
group of farm state Republican senators have introduced legislation to provide regulatory certainty for farmers, ranchers, and landowners. The proposal would codify the definition of prior converted cropland from the Trump administration's navigable waters protection rule. South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds is a sponsor of the bill and said the Biden administration's new waters of the United States rule is complex and burdensome. The USDA trade export forecast for 2023 is lower than 2022. USDA chief economist Seth Meyer says there is also a trade deficit. For fiscal year 24, exports are at $169.5 billion. Now that is a downward revision of about $2.5 billion from August, mostly on lower grain and animal product values. Imports, we got higher by half a million dollars than previously forecast, and mostly an increase on beef, vegetable oil, and grain products. And those imports now stand at an even $200 billion, and exports of $169.5 billion. So there is a trade deficit in there. Besides prices, other factors are contributing to the downturn. Some might be the strength of the U.S. dollar. Some might be better performance of the U.S. economically than some of our trading partners around the world in terms of GDP growth. Some of it might be changes in the market and things we're always worried about, which is competitiveness. Trade is still good, still strong, maybe not as robust as it was for a couple years. AgWatch Market Advisors President Dewey Strickland says corn and wheat markets are seeing some short covering today from uh, follow-through from Thursday's market. Yesterday, we had on the weekly export sales, we had some pretty good export numbers in both corn and wheat, but uh, they're really lagging pretty much here uh, for this marketing year. We need a lot more export business, but nevertheless, uh, we had some short covering by the funds yesterday. Looks like we got a little more continued uh, here today, and that's really about the only factor uh, supporting corn. Uh, beans are down mostly because it looks like we're going to be looking at some improving weather conditions, uh, and particularly in Brazil here. So that's basically what's going on. Ever Ag market analyst Bryce Windecker says the livestock market remains volatile. Seeing people uh liquidate from their uh positions uh they, they've been having here and we've been seeing significant uh, improvements in south american weather uh to this point i was talking to my contact down in argentina here earlier this week uh says plantings have uh planting conditions have really improved uh for them down there and, and especially into the north and central part of brazil those major crop growing areas uh, so they're able to get their soybeans in in a more timely fashion. And you can you know, see that reflected in the data, especially for Argentina this week, falling right in line uh, with the five-year average. Find more farm news, visit rrfn.com. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Food security topped the agenda when the World Trade Organization Committee on Agriculture met this past week. WTO members are also submitted issues of concern, including a regional agriculture promotion program in the United States, Canada dairy policy, and fertilizer subsidies in Morocco. The next WTO meeting for the Agriculture Committee will be held in late May. An agreement was reached at the start of the COP28 Climate Summit in Dubai to pay for agri 
to pay for climate-related damage in poor countries. The United Arab Emirates, which is hosting the summit, plans to contribute $100 million to the fund. Germany also pledged $100 million, while the United Kingdom said it would donate $25 million. The United States has committed to $17.5 million to address these climate-related issues. Mexico has temporarily stopped importing pork from Brazil. A petition from the Mexican Swine Breeders Association cites phytosanitary and sanitary concerns. This news is being seen as a positive development for the United States. Mexico is already the largest customer for the U.S. pork industry, and that could increase even more. Brazil's finance ministry and the Inter-American Development Bank plans to launch a foreign exchange hedge platform to reduce volatility for investments under the Brazilian Green Transition Plan. Foreign investment has slumped recently. This is part of a plan announced in October to attract more long-term foreign investment. This hedge instrument will be available for things like low-carbon agriculture, green hydrogen, and reforestation. South Dakota Wheat Growers Association Executive Director Karen Osmond is looking forward to the plethora of education opportunities at in Pier December 5th and 6th. Ag Horizons is a conference for producers who are looking for education about small grains, row crops, cattle, grasslands, as well as marketing and economics, crop management, and also even estate planning. In just a day and a half, we have over 15 seminars that can provide education to improve your operation. We're going to cover your sunflowers, your peas and lentils, your wheat, and we touched just a little bit on the row crops because, as we all know, the small grains affect how the next crop is going to turn out. And crop consultants can participate in the many certification classes. Well, I'm excited this year to have um, several uh, certifications for our crop consultants to attend and listen to, as well as our producers from around the area. We have nutrient management. We have crop management. We have pest management, and we have soil and water. And those are credits that everyone should be interested in. And we have several speakers for each of those credits. And for more information and to register, you can get uh, visit uh, sdwheat.org. As plans come together for the 2024 growing season, Brevant Seeds retail product agronomist Caleb Quinlan is asking them to mix it up. I think more people are just looking to diversify their portfolio a little bit, you know, put more stock into some different hybrids, some different varieties, just so they don't put all their eggs in one basket. So I think that that's important to, to do, especially as farmers grow larger, you know, just to diversify a little bit. The technology is always changing and new genetics should be tried. I think it's important that they take uh, a little bit, but uh, not, their, not their entire farm. You know, you keep using what you've found consistent on your own farm and mix in some new stuff to bring success to your farm. The Treasury Department is expected to release its guidelines for sustainable aviation fuel by the end of the year. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack made that prediction in an interview with the Reuters News Service. This guidance was expected to be released in September, but there's been pushback from environmental groups. Vilsack said he's confident corn-based ethanol will qualify for the sustainable aviation fuel tax incentives.
The states of Iowa and Nebraska are seeking a summary judgment to require EPA to act on year-round sale of E15 fuel in the Midwest. Eight states, including Minnesota and South Dakota, asked the agency last year for a permanent change in the ethanol policy. Growth Energy CEO Emily Score says these states have been more than patient and EPA needs to decide. Go to rrfn.com for our weekly Red River Farm Network e-newsletter. FarmNet News hits your email inbox every Monday. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Let's catch up with Ag Week editor Jenny Schlecht. Jenny, what's on the cover of Ag Week? This week we have a story about uh, Mindec Farmers Cooperative in Wapaton, uh, kind of pioneering the use of driverless semi-trucks. And that's something that they started a year ago, so you kind of following through? Yeah, so they, they didn't want to talk about it a lot last year because it was just so new, and so now they're, they're getting more comfortable with it. They do still have to have a, a driver in the driverless trucks. They're not driving, they're just sitting there in case things go wrong, but they're allowed to use them in North Dakota for short hauls, and... Uh, they're working on hopefully getting to use them in Minnesota eventually, but they're very proud of the fact that uh, the, the company that is pioneering the use of carrying full loads in driverless semi-trucks is not Amazon or somebody like that. It's it's a farmer's cooperative of sugar beets in North Dakota and Minnesota, and it's, it's a pretty revolutionary thing that they're hoping will eventually save on um, labor or just allow them to do things when there isn't enough labor. Well, that's kind of the biggest thing is trying to find the help to do that, uh, to drive truck even, and this is one of those remedies. Right, and the way it'll work, they'll be able to have one person in the lead truck and then they'll be able to turn off the automated uh, system when they get to the dumping spot and the driver will be able to get out and drive the, the second truck as well. And uh, it, it really could probably have the the amount of labor they need for that particular part of the operation. Sure. You know, is it from hauling from the piles into the factory or is it from the field into yeah. the pilers? Yeah, right now it's the, the hauling to the factory. And uh, but it's only on the North Dakota side. Um, they, they can only use it for hauls of 200 miles or less. But luckily, their longest one-way trip is under 40 miles anyways. Sounds interesting. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis, March wheat, three quarters of a penny higher at 7.30 and a quarter. May up a penny at five or 7.40 and a quarter. And corn, two and a half higher at 4.85 and a quarter. Soybeans, January down 14 and a half. This is the Red River Farm Network.